Welcome to the Keeping the Nostalgia Live show, where we interview athletes, coaches, entertainers, artists, musicians, authors, and many more on both our podcast and YouTube channels. We discuss their upbringing, careers, and what they're doing today. We document the past so the future can remember. Please like, follow, subscribe, and share our programs. Got a guest you'd like to hear? Contact us and try and get them on the program. We have over 200 episodes recorded, so please enjoy. Stories can't be remembered unless they are told. Someone asked me one time how I get my guest ideas. It's easy. Those I've had memories of in my lifetime. In a weird sort of way, it brings closure to certain times in my life. A history major at Indiana State University, I feel it's my way of preserving history for future generations to remember. Welcome to the program. Welcome to the Keeping the Nostalgia Live show. I'm your host, Billy Powell. And as you can see with us is Coach Phil Spence, 1974 North Carolina State University Wolfpack National Champion, uh, a coach, uh, played at Vincennes University. That's my six degrees of separation when it comes to the state of Indiana. Uh, coach Spence, thanks so much for spending some time with us on the Keeping the Nostalgia Live show to share your memories. My pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. So t- who introduced you to the game of basketball? Uh, I started playing when I was in uh, middle school. I would say it, it goes back probably uh, to my brothers. Uh, I have four older brothers. I'm the fifth and the youngest. And um, they all played. And, and I you know, followed, did their footsteps. When I was in a, a, a junior high school, though, I didn't, I didn't play that much. I played... Um, as a matter of fact, I'm a seventh grade, eighth grade, and ninth grade teams. I played a total of about four minutes. So I didn't really play. I sat on the bench a lot. And then my high school coach from Broughton came over to my middle school. Uh, back then it was all segregated. So it was a white man came over uh, to the black school and asked me if I wanted to transfer to Broughton High School and uh, 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 play over there. And I was saying, well, if I can't play with the black kids, we can all play with the white kids. And But he, he had told me that uh, 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 with his guidance, he could develop me into a pretty good ball player. And, and in three years, I was a high school All-American. Now, did Pete Maravich go to the same high school that you did? He sure did. Pete, yeah. Pete was class of 65 from, from Brown High School, yes. It's interesting. I uh, interview a, a few people out of Springs Valley, uh, the French Lick area in Indiana. And, you know, they always say the second or third most popular uh, uh, person to come out of Spring, Springs Valley or French Lick because, you know, Larry Bird is, you know, right. it. Um, so you were a late bloomer. Late bloomer. Late bloomer. What I tell people is that, that if you were to pop popcorn, if you put all the kernels into the, uh, 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 into the uh, oil, at the same time, they are not going to pop at the same time. So I'm going to be late. And I was one of the late ones. You know, in the state of Indiana, where I'm from, you know, there was one true state champion in Indiana high school basketball. What was high school basketball like in North Carolina? Well, we have four different divisions, 1A, 2A, 3A, and 4A. And we also had the private. So it was different champions. We didn't have just one state champion. When I went to, 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 to Vincennes and, and realized that, I said, wow, now that's, that's very competitive. We only have one, which is a true state champion rather than four or five different champions. 
So what leads you to Vincennes? Well, uh, Dean Smith. Uh, uh, Dean Smith recruited me from Brown High School, wanted me to be the next Bob McAdoo. Uh, I was going to go to Vincennes for two years and then go to Carolina for my junior, senior year. Uh, that was the plan. When I got to a, a, a Vincennes, the rules change, which means you could uh, you can play, you can transfer after one year. If you get, I think it was a two five with 28 transferable hours. And I did that. Um, but why did I go to NC State and not UNC to ask driver? It's because at Vincennes, I was uh, invited to um, try for the World University game. It was two junior college players, myself and uh, one other young man. So we went to Buffalo, New York. And when I got there, I met David Thompson. David approached me and talked to me a little bit. You know, we, we were trying out. So, so, uh, so David sort of hung around with me a little bit. And when, when we had lunch, Tommy Brunson came over too. So us three were sitting around and chatting a little bit, mostly about Raleigh and North Carolina and stuff like that. And then Coach Long came over and then us four would, would, would talk and mingle. And um, that's when David said, Phil, are you going back to Vincennes? And I told him at that point, I'm really not sure, you know, because again, I was going to go two years to Vincennes and two years in Chapel Hill. So I told him I'm not sure. And, and then Tommy sort of saying, you know, we could really use you, man. You'd be a nice power forward and, and, and stuff like that. And then Coach Sloan said, Phil, if you join the Wolfpack, we will be national champs. He didn't do a Charles Barkley. I guarantee he didn't do that. But he pretty much said, if you were to join us, it would be hard for us to not win the national championship. So with all of that going on, I felt a little good about that. And um, I didn't make the uh, squad. Those two guys did, and, and, and Coach Tomba was the assistant coach. So, so I came back to Raleigh. So whenever they came back to, to, to Raleigh, they stopped by the house and talked to mom and everything and impressed mom, impressed me as well. And um, uh, mom asked me one question. She said, son, when I go all over the country, and what you're looking for is in your backyard. So I knew what she meant by that. You know, stay home. And, and my mom was 40 when I was born. So if I was 19, she was 59, almost 60. So she was saying, you know, sort of stay home now. So, so I called Coach Sloan and told him I was going to join the pack. And then I had to call Coach Smith, which was a much hard decision because everything was to go to Chapel. And I had to call Coach Smith and he's a great guy, understood, no problem. You know, so I signed with the pack and of course we were national champs next year. What was your experience like at Vincennes University? Vincennes was an awesome year. Uh, this was the second best year of my college career. <laughs> <laughs> Without a doubt, yes. Of course, the national champion was the best one, my sophomore year. But I became a man at Vincennes, uh, first time being away from home. Uh, great coaches, Coach Bradfield and Coach Sparks. Coach Sparks told me, uh, on his wings, I never felt lonely. I never felt, um, I was a little homesick, but but I never felt, you know, bad, bad at Vincennes. They sort of nurtured me and um, and my teammates were just great. We, we, we played team ball. Uh, we had one mission, one accomplishment, national champs. Uh, coming from a national championship year, uh, I had a great year. I mean, the, the guys being in the Midwest, different type of weather, 
different type of people. It was it was it was totally different. And uh, again, it's the second best year of my four year college career. What kind of uh, did, did you get to experience any any Indiana high school basketball games while you were there? I did not go to one. I heard about it and read about it, but I did not attend one. No, but I heard it was uh, that the knuckle on the basketball doesn't compare. And I was saying, wow. And then I heard about this man. I believe that basketball history is more rich or richer in Indiana than it is in North Carolina. I would say that. So did you just see that you guys had a great team and once you arrived at North Carolina state, did you guys just, just know that it was a, you know, was going to happen or, you know, tell us a little bit about the uh, ups and downs at the, at North Carolina state. Well, it was pretty much all set, you know, uh, I, I was talking to, 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 to one of my Vincent's teammate, Mel Hewlett, and uh, uh, Mel said, Phil, who was the only person that went to two undefeated teams the previous year? And he said, you. He said, when you went to Vincent's, they were 33-0 and national champs. And when you went to NC State, they were 27-0. and so you were the only guy in the history of college basketball to go to two different colleges and they both were undefeated the previous year. So again, when I went there, it was like, um, I felt good about it because I had met the, the, the nucleus up in uh, up in Buffalo, uh, Tommy David, and of course the, 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 the head coach Sloan. All that was good. So I felt okay. Plus I was home and I felt more relaxed home than being away from home. So I, I feel good about that. And then once we started playing, I just fit right in and I was a defensive guy pretty much and a rebounder. Uh, that's something every team could use. So I fit, felt in and I knew that the main thing was that David was gonna be David, David Thompson and Tommy was the second option. And by the time he got down the field, Spence, that was the fourth or fifth option. So it wasn't a whole lot of pressure uh, on me just to do what the other guys aren't doing pretty much. What kind of, um, when you were a youngster, did you, did you have a favorite ball player in college or in pro basketball that you kind of, you know, emulated your game from, or, you know, was there someone you like to follow or, you know, who was your kind of a, a role model in basketball uh, as a youngster? Wilt Chamberlain. Wilt Chamberlain was the man, he was the big man in the middle, dominated. And I, and I thought I was the big man in the middle until I was invited to the World University's game. And I realized then 6'8 was not the big man in the middle. Maybe at Vincennes, I could dominate there. But once I got there and all those other guys, like I said, it was it was two junior college players and it was 18 uh, senior college players. And I mean, those were big name household names. And I went there trying to play with my back to the basket. And I realized then that I got to sort of get away from the basket now because there's some bigger guys, such as Tommy Burleson at 7'4". I got to sort of move away from the basket and give him that territory and I got to find some new territory for myself you know hands down I, I think Wilt is the goat I mean and, and he changed the if he changed the game of basketball I totally agree and people say Michael Jordan and, and again I think with the younger generation all they've seen is Michael Jordan I can understand it but when you step back and if you've seen Wilt Chamberlain averaging 50 50 points a game and re 30 rebounds a game. And I mean, come on, man, you know, definitely dominated everything. And, you know, uh, it, it, he wasn't allowed to play above the rim. 
Right, right. And so, you know, did you, once you arrived at North Carolina State, did you know that you made the right choice? Uh, well, I was really fond of Dean Smith, I'm gonna call it like it is. Uh, Dean Smith was the one that, um, uh, when I started playing ball at Brown, as I said before, I didn't, uh, I had a very poor uh, junior, junior high school, seventh, ninth grade, very poor, like four minutes in three years, and never played. But when I went to Broaden and my high school coach was close to Dean Smith, it, they both took interest in me, and Dean Smith sort of saw something in me, and he helped, you know, uh, cultivate me, encouraged me, nourished me uh, while I was in high school. Um, I only went to one basketball camp when I was in high school. That was Dean Smith basketball camp. Coach Sloan never recruited me, even though Coach Sloan's son was my teammate, Ed Broughton. The only time Coach Sloan recruited me was in Buffalo at the University Game Trial. So it was all, everything was Spence and Carolina, Spence and Carolina. So, so I really sort of felt bad not following Coach Smith's steps. So I, I had a little reservation there, but once I got in, got in the mingle, followed David Thompson, who's a great guy. Tommy Brosen is a great guy, great teammates. Um, and then with mama coming about being home, you know, and the mom being older, um, and I was home all the time, even though I stayed on campus. Home was less than five miles away, probably less than three miles away. I, I, I stayed home a lot. So I was around mom. I had my home cooked meals. It was like I was home and I would go to state to practice and go to school. But it was pretty much, it was like Broughton, really. It was like Broughton, except a little bit further than Broughton High School, NC State. Same city, pretty much same situation. But, but I felt good. And then once we started winning and and winning and winning and <laughs> and winning, we just get winning, man. At one point, I think that the whole record there for the for the two or three year stretch, we had won 60, 66 out of sixty seven games or something. It was a heck of a stretch there. So, you know, winning winning was great. So it made things great. You had a lot of uh, Indiana connections on that seventy four team, didn't you? I did a lot of connections. Matter of fact, it probably was, it might have been more than the North Carolina connections. Because of course, Sloan, of course, was in the Indiana instruction. So of him, I think Sam Esposito, the other assistant coach, was from Indiana. I'm not sure about Sam. I know Art Musselman, the assistant coach, was from Indiana. Uh, of course, Monty, Timmy, uh, Indiana. Uh, uh, Bruce Dayhoff, that just passed away. He was Indiana. Um, uh, it was an Indiana connection, whereas it was mostly David, Tommy, and Burrow. Us three were the North Carolina guys uh, that, that, that played a lot. David Thompson was such a great ball player. Yes, he was. Just, just watching old footage and his hops is just, is just incredible. And I'm sure you, you got to witness that firsthand, of course, you know, uh, uh, playing with him, but uh, uh, what what an amazing ball player! Yeah, David was extraordinary. I would tell people that we had the unfair advantage because it was six against five. David Thompson was two, you know, so it was really six against five. But but there but we got to see David dunk 
everybody else, it was illegal. So we would have our practice and you know, practice a situation. But then after practice, we would uh, uh, you know play around, mess around, and they would just dunk a few uh, a, a few for us. And um, I've seen some incredible dunks. I always tell people that, that that it was one dunk I wish David had done in the ABA contest where I knew he would have beaten Dr. J. What he did was he took the basketball and put it right here. He put the ball right here. He took a running start, took the ball, ball right here, and put the ball over the rim. This is the rim right here. He put the ball over the rim like this and took the offhand and bammed it through. And I said, he said, all of this was up above the rim with all this over and he bammed it through. What a dunk. What a dunk. Also, I know there were rumors about David taking a doll off the backboard and leaving four quarters. Well, let me tell let me tell you the truth. I got up on a ladder and 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 had a dollar bill, a George Washington over there, over the top of the backboard. David had four quarters in his hand. David ran and got a good jump, jumped up there, stacked the four quarters. I mean, he just didn't put them up there. I mean, he stacked them one, two, three, four, stacked four quarters up there and brought, and brought and pulled a dollar out of my hand when he came down. Unreal. David Thompson was, was I don't know how to describe him. Again, we, we could be playing. And, and, and if I'm defending him, it would be like David shooting the ball and I got my hand right there about to block the shot right there. And somewhere or another, he could go up a little bit more and I would say, hold up, how can you go up higher when I got to go down to go back up? He's already up and he's gone on up even higher. Unreal, unreal. That's some great stories with, with David. But I want to say this too. The saddest and the happiest moment of my time at NC State came when David Thompson fell over my shoulder. We were playing, uh, uh, I think it was Providence, no, Pittsburgh in the Eastern Regionals. And uh, somebody had, uh, uh, David shot the ball and he got fouled, but the ref didn't call the foul. So David was upset. He gonna go down court and block the guy's shot. Well, he should let me do it. I was in, I was right there and David jumped over my shoulder. Matter my, my, my of fact, David foot hit the top of my shoulder, flipped over, fell head first. His eyes rolled back in his head, blood coming out the back of his head. They put a little smelling sauce on him, trying to wake him up, revive him. Nothing, nothing. I said, oh my God, I'm gonna kill DT. I felt so bad. I felt so, so bad. I wanted to find a way in the runner's car to run and hide because I just knew that it was my fault. I just should have done so. I should have looked around. I, I, should, I felt so bad. And um, and they put him on the stretch. You carried him to the hospital. And then when they brought him back, that was the happiest moment of my life. To see him walking, he's not paraplegic. I mean, he's not handicapped. I mean, I felt so good. I was just, I was so glad to see him. So right there in that matter of an hour or so, I went from feeling like the worst guy in the world to, to so happy and thank you, thank you, Jesus, thank you. I mean, it was, it was, it was such a such a bad ordeal. We watched the game, but for some reason they took that little sequence out. So in 1994, which was 20 years later, uh, Tommy Burleson, we, we, we all uh, uh, got together, 20 year reunion. We got together. And so Tommy said, I'm gonna play that tape. 
not big time enough to play it or time. I don't want to see it. Don't, don't, don't do me like that, Tommy. Don't do me like that. No, we're going to watch it. They want to think. So Tommy put the tape in there, and there we go. So I closed my eyes like that, peeping through my fingers, but I don't want to see it. And then I realized it wasn't my fault. It was, but I felt so relieved after 20 years. I carried that burden for 20 years. And then DT was sitting here next to me. And then when I saw that, I jumped up and I said, what I said, I said, I said, uh, uh, thank God you fell on your head, boy. Cause you had fallen somewhere else, you might've gotten hurt. I was saying that to him. And I was saying, well, I felt so relieved because I really thought for 20 years, I had gotten in David's way and I had caused him to bust his head on the floor and almost killed him. So I really felt rejuvenated. I felt good and proud of myself. And, and I, I, I felt better. So now when we see each other, it's a whole different thing than rather me feeling so guilty that I had caused that. So I'm glad Tommy showed that tape out there all. Tell us about the Final Four experience and becoming national champions. I mean, what, what, are, what are your favorite memories from, from the Final Four? What are your favorite memories of winning the championship? Can you, can you at the end of explaining this, can you, can you tell us what you were thinking, you know, once you realized you guys were national champions? I want to go back to Vincennes. I remember all the team, all the trailblazers down in the lobby watching UCLA and Memphis State. And I had no earthly idea that I would be <laughs> in the very next one. No idea. Because again, I was coming back to Vincennes from year two to go to Carolina. So no, none. So um, first of all, it was in Greensboro, North Carolina, which was to our advantage. We had lost one game, like I said, like a record, I don't know, 60 something. One that one was UCLA, St. Louis, one versus two, met in the middle. They beat us pretty good. I think 18 points, they beat us pretty good. Uh, we knew we could beat Marquette. We knew they could beat Marquette. So the problem was getting to Marquette and that was UCLA with Big Bill, who's a great guy. Matter of fact, Bill uh, uh, came in our locker room and wished us luck and everything, he sure, yeah, he sure big Bill Walton. We sure look, huh? I don't know if he meant it or not, but we thanked him. We thanked him, I don't know if he would do it again now, but he he came in and, and wished us luck. Uh, to be a national champion is something that you will live with for the rest of your life, you know. No matter where I go or what I do, I'm known as a champion, no matter what I do. And because I'm a champion, everything I do, I want to be a champion. So my fatherhood, my married life, as a teacher, as a coach, as a coach, as a son, as a brother, as a friend, no matter what I do in life, I want to be a champion because I know how it is to be a champion. So that championship made me who I am, and it continues to make me who I am. Because I want to be a champion father, grandfather now. I want to be a champion grandfather. So no matter what I do in life, I want to be a champion because I know what it is to be like, and I know what it takes to be a champion. So yes, that championship changed me forever. And do you, do you have your ring on? I don't have it on. It's downstairs. 
I got a, I, I see yourself in the background. I should have been downstairs. I got a whole room downstairs of, of everything. Um, I was about to show my watches. I got the five watches. And I, 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 was, I was about to say, I had a great time at NC State. Let me, let me close these down. I had a great time at NC State from 1973 to 1976. I have a 1973 no, 74, 75, I have my big four watch, uh, uh, Duke, Carolina State, Wake Forest, and then 76, I have the NIT watch. So I got that stuff downstairs. I got on how many trophies. Uh, I have the, uh, I have my uh, red uh, NC State uh, uh, jersey hanging up downstairs. I got my Vincennes number 40 white jersey hanging up downstairs. Um, it's just a room full of trophies from coaching. I coached 20 some years, my coaching stuff and NC State National Champion stuff. So it's just, I got a whole lot of stuff downstairs. Um, you're, you're on, you've won the national championship and you guys are on this, you know, we're champions. How do you kind of, how do you go into a next season with that, with those expectations? Well, were there expectations? Um, how did you guys maintain your head? Well, we maintained it mainly because of Monty Tao. Monty Tao, the little short guy that the best leader I've ever been associated with. Monty, Monty was a great leader, and he led us the right way. And you got David Thompson, the National Player of the Year, coming back. Matter of fact, uh, of the six guys that, that played on the 74 team, five returned. The, uh, Tommy Burleson uh, uh, was on the senior on that team. So so we had Tim Starter coming back, uh, and then I would replace Tommy. And then we still had Mo Rivers, Monty Town, and David Thompson. It was out of five, and we brought in Kenny Carr. So we pretty much had a, had a real good squad still. So we continue on the, the, the very next year. And, and, and Monty, Converse, Indiana, I think, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Um, what was, when you got to North Carolina State after going to Vincent, tell us a little bit about, was there any kind of race, what did you run into in your career, which, did you have any problems with race issues? Uh, yes. Uh, you know, back then it was different. It's not like it is now. Uh, back then, it was uh, it was beginning to uh, when 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 people look, look at a basketball team now, the white guys are the minority. Then, when we came along, the black guys were the minority. So it was it was different then. Um, we sort of broke the ice. We we sort of um, uh, I guess had to prove ourselves. Uh, more so that that, that, that that we belong not only on the court but in the classroom as well. 
we pretty much had our HBCU if we wanted to play college basketball. So it was different. It was different. Uh, uh, I think with us being as good as we were, winning a lot, we were more readily accepted. Uh, but um, we found some, yeah, the, the, the 70s were some tough times. Um, what were your, in, in, while you're after, you've won the national championship, um, uh, what were your aspirations for professional basketball? And, and, and tell us, you know, what leads up to the end of your college career and um, where do you go from there with professional basketball? Well, I got drafted by the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, six round. Now they only do two rounds, so I wouldn't have gotten drafted nowadays. Um, again, uh, I, I wanted to play pro ball, but I had a lot of, it was a lot of tension. Like I say, you know, Dean Smith was more, was more the type coach that, I was the type player to be honest, I was the type player. I lost my dad when I was 16. And my head coach was a father figure to me. And my high school coach was a great father figure to me, Ed McLean, greatest coach I've ever played for. And then when I went to Vincennes, Bradfield and Sparks, especially Sparks, took me under his wings and sort of, you know, filled in that void as a father, you know. And, but then when I got to the state, Coach Sloan was business, straight up from your coach, all this other stuff, take a back seat. And with me being 16 and not having a daddy to go home to, to, to share things with, to, you know, express myself, you know, feel why you crying, feel how do you feel. You know, I did not have that. So, so when I finished state, it was time for me to sort of do something else. I really feel that if I had approached Milwaukee Bucks or really anybody, wholeheartedly, 100% determined to become a professional basketball player. I believe I could have done that. But I had just gotten to the point where basketball just wasn't fun anymore. Um, I wanted to do something else, which was to become a high school teacher and coach. And, and, and that's what I became. And I knew that the type of coach I was going to be, I was going to be a, a coach that the kids could look at me, not only just as their coach, tough coach, tough love type coach, but also somebody can come and talk to. As a matter of fact, when I was coaching at a Knuckleana Central, the word had gotten out to where if any student had a problem, they could go to Coach Spencer's office and talk to him. And a lot of, uh, <clears throat> a lot of young people, men and women, would stop at the office and say, <clears throat> Coach Spence, I, I need to talk to you. I need somebody to, to hear me out. I, I need some ears or I need some advice and can you help me? There were people coming to me, Coach Ben, I got this girl pregnant and I don't know what to do. Coach Ben, this has happened in my life and I don't know what I should do about it. So I became more of a, not just a basketball coach, but as somebody that people could come and talk to. So that was my role, high school, college, uh, was a basketball coach and won a lot of games, won championships. But I was more of a, if you need me, because that is the most important part of your life, the foundation of your life. And I was there to sort of help the young people like I wanted to be helped. And I got the help on several levels. But going back to NC State, I did not get that from Coach Long. Coach Long was just a hard, 
no nonsense. This is the way it is. Move on type of type of a person. And that's what I had to deal with. So was it you're like, you know, I, I have to hang up the sneaker sneakers. When does coaching come to your mind? When when and how does getting a coaching job transpire for you? Coaching coaching came to my mind at the end of my junior year. Uh, at state. My senior year was all about academics, all about graduation, all about going down a different road, all about going um, going in a different direction. My senior year, uh, even though I averaged a double double my junior and senior year in ACC, which was great, I see guys averaging five and six rebounds a game, and I say, Lord Jesus, I did that in the first half, you know. So, but you know, I. I wanted something else. Um, it was a constant fight. It was a constant battle. And um, But I will say this about Coach Long. We got together. I think that same time I told you about the 20-year reunion, we got together up in Greensboro for that 20-year reunion, 1974 to 1994, the same time, time I put that tape in. We had to go upstairs. Coach Long and I and my wife got on the elevator in the lobby and rode up to the floor, I'm not sure which floor it was, but during the course of the elevator, that's when Coach Sloan realized that I was a great guy after all. And I forgave him at that particular point. So it was just the elevator ride. So so that little, how long it took, he turned to me into the field. He said, uh, I've never had anybody to change the way that you did. And I said, Coach, are you sure I'm the one that changed or is it that you were the one that changed? So anyway, anyway, that's all back on 20 years ago, kind of moved on because I had become a successful high school coach, one of the best in the area. And I think that's what it should be. Fieldman who? Not that Fieldman, that, that, that Fieldman, that, that Fieldman. And, 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 and he had come to me when I needed a, needed a father when I needed some guidance, when I needed some soft love, I didn't need tough love at that point. You know, I need a, I need a dad. Now, David Thompson had a daddy, so he could chew David out and David can run and talk to his dad. You know, he chewed me out. I mean, I don't have another male. I can go to my mom, but I did not have another male figure to go to, and that's what I miss. And uh, when people start comparing, I know I would have gotten that from, from Dean Smith because I got there while I was in high school, you know. One other little thing that I've, I don't think I've ever mentioned uh, before is when I decided to become a, a teacher in Wake County Public School System, Dean Smith was my, wrote a letter of, rec, of recommendation, not Norm Sloan. When I went to start working and getting a job, I asked Coach Smith if he would write me a letter of recommendation and he did that in his own file, even today. The letter that Coach Smith wrote to me. Because he just would take time, and we're just two different type of people, you know. Coach Long, get out, he wanted every ounce out of you and draw that out of you, which we gave him a national championship, coach of the year, great winning record, but I did not get everything I could have gotten. So when I became a coach for 20 some years, 25, 26 years, I was that type of coach that gave. Not just on and I just on the court, but more so off the court as well. And a lot of people call me, Facebook me, 
Coach Spence, daddy, daddy, these guys are 50 years old. And they, yeah, you, you touched my life, Coach Spence. I'm who I am because of you, Coach Spence. Thank you, Coach Spence. And so to me, that's what it's all about, really. What was it like coming full circle and being the high school basketball coach at your high school? Uh, it was great. It was great. Uh, 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 I started coaching at Broughton. Was my first when I graduated from, from state and started teaching. Coach McLean, my high school coach, was the coach there at Broughton, and he asked me to be the volunteer assistant. So I, I volunteered with, with a coach, uh, a, a coach McLean then. But then I went to Cary High School for 10 years, uh, East Wake High School for 10 years. Um, and then I did North Carolina Central College. I put four years there as well as the volunteer at, 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 at Broughton. So, and I volunteered at Athens Drive as well. So I did two years of volunteer work, four years of college work, and 20 years of high school work. Did you have the opportunity to leave the state of North Carolina or were you just, you know, you, your, your home state, your hometown? Yeah, home state, hometown, the place where we were national champs. Uh, I got a pretty good reputation here. Um, I could have gone anywhere I wanted to, but uh, there's no place like home. And I like being in North Carolina. Indiana's not a bad place either, don't get me wrong. You know, and I, and, 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 and I got going back to Vincennes on my bucket list. I do want to walk that campus one more time. That was a great year of my life. And uh, I knew it was going to be two. Happened to be one. It was so quick. You know, go to the trials, come back home, state them, come by. I signed the contract, never came back to Vincent, never did. Um, tell us a little bit about Coach Sparks. Coach Sparks is a great coach. Uh, he, taught, he taught me the fundamentals. Uh, he was a big guy, played pro ball. Uh, I would spend a lot of time before practice, after practice. Uh, he drilled me. He cared about me. Uh, I shared his family with me, come by the house, stuff like that. Great man. It was a great year. Um, he was a great guy. Coach Spence, did, did, did anybody who, who – I'm assuming we're going to talk about religion. You're not supposed to talk about religion, I guess, what, sex, religion, and politics. But who instilled – and uh, are you Christian? And who instilled those into you, your mother? Yeah, my mom did. My granddad died that that, that when I was 10. My granddad was a preacher. And my mom was a preacher's daughter. So religion was always in the house, you know. Uh, but then when I went to Broadman High School, uh, Coach Ed McLean, my high school coach, introduced me to the FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And, um, and again, I was a young man. And, and uh, uh, I remember whenever uh, uh, it was, uh, uh, Lott, it was Danny Lotz, who was, um, I don't know, what's his name? The big preacher right in North Carolina. I can't think of the name, but it'll come back to me. Danny Lott, John Lotz was the assistant coach at, at Carolina. It was John Lotz, Danny Lotz, they were brothers. And uh, Coach Ed McLean and myself, I was 16 years old. They came came by the ghetto, picked me up, and carried me to Wilmington, North Carolina, where I gave my first testimony. And Danny Lotz is the son-in-law Oh man, why did it slip my, uh, it's gonna come to me. It's gonna come, it's the, the big Christian guy in North Carolina. 
I don't know if you know what I'm talking about or not. <laughs> no. Okay. But we can find it. It's no big deal. No big deal, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah Danny Lodge is his is his son-in-law, and he uh pulled me down there. So I've always had uh, religion and Christianity, not only from my my household, but Coach McLean, my high school uh, 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 coach, helped to instill that through the fellowship of Christian athletes. How close knit are you guys still today from the national championship team? In the sun room, but they call it the sun room for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we are very close. As a matter of fact, I think we're probably closer now than we were closer then. You know, we, we, we have a group text and um, we're always in contact. Uh, anytime state is playing sports, preferably basketball, but football games, anything, we text each other throughout the game and, oh, and that was a bad call and blah, blah, this and blah, blah, that. So we do that. But one thing that I really like about this is that um, every Sunday morning for about the last year or so, last year and a half, every Sunday morning, David Thompson, who was our music director, we call him Deacon Dave. Dick and Dave would start us out with some gospel music via YouTube. So it'd be three or four nice religious songs, gospel songs that'll sort of get us going. And then Pastor Tommy, Tommy Brooks, would come on and lead us in scripture, lead us in prayer. He would preach, he would, he would, he would give us a sermon every Sunday morning after our regular church service. So about 11 o'clock or so, David would come on with his music, and about 11.30, Tommy would come on and preach to us. And uh, we've done this every Sunday morning for the last year, maybe year and a half. And that's what I like about it, because if some of the guys got something to say, it would need to pray for somebody or everybody or anybody, we would do it then. But we've all had our ups and downs. Uh, as a matter of fact, on May the 5th, my wife, came downstairs and found me dead. Dead, I was dead as a doornail. Uh, she tried to revive me, CPR, that didn't work. She had to call 911. They came over and uh, asked her to leave out the room. They put those electrical things on my chest and brought me back around. And uh, thank God I'm here today. You know, so yeah, we all had ups and downs. And, that was pretty tragic. So that was on May the 5th and really now December the, I don't know, 15th or whatever. And, and um, yeah, I was, I was dead. She, she thought she could, she couldn't, she couldn't do nothing. As a matter of fact, I was sitting in the chair, sort of like this room down in my office in the downstairs. And when she said she was being in chest compression, hitting me so hard that I fell out the chair onto the floor and I still didn't wake up. She said, still didn't come around. So. Thank God she came down when she did. The whole thing was that uh, uh, we were expecting a phone call and the phone call came through and, uh, and then the young man left a message. And so my wife was saying, well, why didn't you answer the phone or at least intercept the message? But she came downstairs and there I was. She said, my head was tilted back, my tongue stuck out my mouth, mouth wide open. And gone, and she's hollering and screaming and shouting and shaking and doing all she could do, and nothing, nothing, nothing. So she did what she could, and 
She called 911. And they came over, rushed over, and brought me back around. Was it a heart attack? Say what now? Was it a heart attack? No, 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 no. They thought it was, uh, I, I had a, a stroke 20 years ago when I was coaching the Simpsons. So they thought I had, I had a second stroke. But when they uh, uh, put, the, put the thing on my brain, they realized that I had uh, several blood clots, big blood clots in my lungs. And that had what triggered everything. So they had to, uh, for the last six months, they've been uh, dissolving the blood clots and getting me to come back around and whatnot. Are you healthy today? I'm better today. I'm not 100%, but I'm not 0%. I'm closer to 100 than to 0. Uh, yes, I am. Um, one time I could walk down the steps, more or less up the steps, and I'll be totally out of breath at the bottom of the steps. But now I can go up and down and I can do more things. You know, I'm not I'm not ready to play a game of basketball. I don't know wrong, but, but, <laughs> than what I was. Yes, I am. Thank God for that. So are you retired? Are you still coaching? Are you, do you still watch basketball? Are you, you still associated with the game? Yeah, I retired in 04. I retired when I was 50 years old. I sure did. Threw in the towel. Sure did. Called it quits. Um, uh, but but um, I think I, I did some substitute teaching for about four or five years after that. I did one year of volunteering coaching. The team was a great great team. You know, the, the boys played well. Um, but no, I just no, I just stay around the house and watch TV and, and spend as much time with my grandkids before COVID. COVID's come along now and I don't get out much. I don't see people much because my immune system is so weak that I really can't take um, take that COVID disease. So I feel as though excuse me, about like coaching. The guy can't score if you don't let him get the ball. So I'm like, I'll be all right as long as I don't get the COVID. So I'm doing the defense that don't get the COVID. Because once I get the COVID, we kind of hard to stop. So that's where I am. I, I, I think I have the answer to my question, but would, would, would you do anything differently in your career? Oh, man, that is a good question. You know, I speak of Dean Smith, but I love being a national champion. So uh, I don't know if I would swap for that. Um, uh, I know a lot of guys that play professional ball and they don't, their life after basketball isn't as good as my life when I didn't have the basketball. In other words, I'm, I'm out of debt on my home no worries, no no stresses. A lot of guys play pro ball, stressed out, don't know where the next dollar comes from. So I believe everything, I think I'm just living God's plans. And God's plan supersedes man's plan. And just because I wanted to play NBA, who knows I could have gone there and broken some or done something, I don't know. I, I, I have touched more people going down this path than I would have if I had played in the uh, NBA, play play pro ball. Um, I don't I don't know if I would have changed anything. I think I married the right girl. I don't know if I changed that. Um, I, I think I think everything turned out the way it's supposed to. And you said you're a grandfather. Grandfather, I got three. I got three. I got two beautiful granddaughters, 
and a little grandson. Both my granddaughters are, are eight and five months apart, and uh, and the grandson is four. I'm sorry, nine, 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 and four. Yep, love to death. And how many children do you have? Two daughters. Two daughters. Two daughters, and both of my daughters are doctors. Oh man! Oh yeah. no, you no, you wouldn't do anything different because <laughs> it just wouldn't come around to what it's like right now. Right, right. Now they are medical doctors. My first one has her PhD, uh, and my second one has her EDD. But the, but the doctor is the is their title, so they both are doctors. And I'm so proud of my daughters. You know, some 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 guys' daughters are pregnant and got this and got that. And, Man did the right thing, waited patiently. I told my wife, this is the cycle of life. That day is coming, it ain't today, but it's coming, just be patient, first things first. And they love to learn and they kept learning and reading. And I'm just so proud to have two daughters who are both doctors. How does uh, the Wolfpack treat you guys? How yeah, is the university pretty good to you guys? I always wanting you to come back, um, uh, taking care of you guys. If you want to go to a ball game, stuff like that. Yeah, they treat us good. Um, at, at one point, again, pre-COVID, I pretty much had had two seats, sometimes four seats. I can I can go to the game. I just make a call to the basketball office, let them know if, if uh, me and Paula coming or if the girls are coming. Uh, but Sometimes I would take uh, one of my daughters and the son-in-law, and then I would take, you know, but, but, but anyway, yeah, I went for seats, and they always uh, uh, took care of us. Asked us to speak to the guys, uh, asked us to be around the guys, um, and I would see David and Tommy at the game a lot since since they're from North Carolina, more so than Timmy and them, but they, they, they Indiana, Chicago area now. But uh, I would see David a lot at the games, Tommy a lot at the games. So. Yeah, yeah, the Wolfpack takes care of us. Coach Phil Spence, 19, Coach Phil Spence, it's like be, at being an Oscar winner. Oscar winner. Coach Phil Spence, 1974, National Basketball, NCAA champion. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. I know we ran a little bit long, and uh, uh, but uh, I appreciate it, and uh, I think everyone else will. Thanks, Billy, and thanks for calling, and, and thanks for getting Timmy to the Hall of Fame. He was totally surprised. He was shocked. You know, because when I when I uh, uh, told him uh, uh, about you and 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 you you wanted to, to talk to him, uh, uh, he he uh, called me back about five thirty or so. But I put it on the text with with the guys. I told the guys, so so all the guys, congratulations, Timmy, Timmy, Timmy. And then whenever Timmy responded back, he said, "Man, I don't know nothing about this LOS. Thank you guys, but what what were going on?" So I said, "Look here, man, check your text." I text you first, you know, and so he said, "Yeah, tell him, tell him to call me." Did you did you get up with him? Yes, we got a hold of him. Yes, yes. <laughs> thank you. Sure, thank you. But fantastic! I thank you so much. Okay, thank you too, Billy, and have a good. One.